0: Welcome to Tech Stuff, a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. Hey there, and welcome to Tech Stuff. I'm your host, Jonathan Strickland. I'm an executive producer with iHeartRadio, and I love all things tech. And it is Friday, so it is time for another classic episode. This episode is How Segways Work, and it originally published on March 27th, 2013. Segways were supposed to truly transform everything. The prediction was that they were going to make cities completely different. Um, I would argue that that didn't happen, but we probably saw them pave the way, for lack of a better word, for the e-scooter revolution that started around 2018. But let's sit back and listen to this classic episode. Lauren, you pointed out to me uh, that uh, we actually... We as in tech stuff, recorded an episode about Dean Kamen, who is the the founder of Segway a long, long time ago. A
1: very long time ago. Back in 2008. Yeah, well, he's done a whole bunch of other really cool stuff.
0: Yeah, he, he invented a uh, thing called a Luke arm, which is a robotic arm meant for people who have lost a limb. Yeah, we talk a little bit,
1: a bit about that in a whole other podcast thing we're doing.
0: Yeah, over at uh, Forward Thinking. Mm-hmm. It's a great show. You guys, if you haven't uh, checked out Forward Thinking, you should definitely check it out. It's great stuff. Uh he also invented a water purification device called the slingshot, which can take pretty much anything that has water content in it and purify it into drinkable water. Oh, wow. Cool. So you could take sewage and put it through this thing and it would actually produce clean, drinkable water. And it's meant for communities that have, uh, uh you know, have trouble accessing clean water. Uh, fantastic thing. Uh, yeah. And he's partnered with some pretty big companies for that. But the segue, I think, is where a lot of people no Dean Cayman like they they heard about it that because of the segue
1: well it got it got a great deal of publicity which we will talk about later in the episode because it was the the, the hype for it is can really only be called hype it was very intense
0: it was it was like it was like if you had heard that this a uh, rock and roll band that had not released an album in, in like ten years was getting back together to do their first studio album, uh, and uh, that you know in a decade, and that would that would be kind of similar to the hype build buildup. And of that the not segway. only
1: were they going to do an album, but they were going to revolutionize the entire music industry with this album. That's, that's fair. the level.
0: Yeah, that's mm-hmm. fair. So we'll talk about that uh, in uh, a bit. But first, we wanted to kind of talk about actually what it was and how it worked. So if you were to look at one of these things, in case you have not seen it, it looks looks like a little two-wheeled scooter, but the wheels are uh, are side-by-side. Side. They're not in line right. with one another. They're side-by-side. Side. And you, when you would stand on a platform with the left wheel to your left and the right wheel to your right, there's a, a bar that comes straight up vertically from the platform. Uh, there are handlebars attached to handlebars
1: that you hold on to. Mm-hmm. And then when
0: you uh, when you lean, it moves. When you lean forward, it starts to move forward. When you lean backward, it stops. If you lean back enough, it'll go backward a little bit. But mm-hmm. it's... Um,
1: and uh, and and the the new models these days, when you tilt the handlebars, that is how you steer.
0: Yeah, uh, in the original one, you would twist one of the handlebars, the right handlebars, like so, revving a motorcycle style. Exactly, and if you if you twisted if you twisted one way, it would turn left, and you twist the other way, it turns right, and it, the way it turns is kind of cool. Uh, When you lean forward, both wheels engage and start moving forward. Simultaneously, correct. Uh, When you turn, only one wheel starts to move in one direction, and the other wheel uh, allows you to pivot on – On a dime. Oh right,
1: right, yeah. It's a turning radius of zero. Yeah, a
0: zero turning radius, which is pretty amazing. And uh, we'll talk about what he intended this device to do in the second half, I think. But first, we wanted to kind of talk about the actual technology that makes this possible. And uh, Dean came in before he had gone into developing the Segway, had already started to work on some pretty cool systems. He he did some uh, work on uh, on uh, motorized wheelchairs that were capable of doing things like climbing up staircases. And that work kind of led him to the, the idea of what if I created a device that could transport people at a good clip uh, and make it so that it it works on the same principle as what it's like when you're walking. Mm-hmm. So when you're walking... So it's intuitive, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, it It works in a way that feels natural to us, although I will tell you the first time you get on a segway nothing feels natural about it
1: i haven't actually been
0: on one you have i have i've done i've i've been on a segway i really enjoyed it i had a great time but I don't, have you ever engaged in an activity where the first step requires you to do something that feels totally unnatural to you so that there's like a your body is actually resisting what you have to do
1: <laughs> uh, basically that's me walking every day but i mean but, but for for example when i switched from a, a wasd keyboard uh, first-person shooters to uh, Xbox controller. I was like, what is this?
0: See, for me, what I think of is like the first time when I was a little kid that I ever tried snorkeling. Because I put my face in the water, and my body's telling me, for goodness sakes, man, whatever you do, don't breathe in, you're underwater. And, you know, my my rest of my brain is saying, foolish, scary, reptile brain? That's not anything to worry about you have a tube to the air which is unobstructed you can breathe all you like and it took that leap not literally I didn't literally leap but it took or two in water no yeah I couldn't get enough traction but it took that mental leap to Mm -hmm. get to a point where I felt comfortable same Mm -hmm. sort of thing on a Segway because the way it works is that you start to lean forward as if you're going to take a step Mm -hmm. because basically what walking is is controlled falling (laughs) right yeah you're throwing the upper part of your body forward uh-huh. you're you're essentially unbalancing yourself and, and then counting
1: you, on one leg or the other that sequence yeah. hypoth- hypothetically to exactly. catch you right
0: yeah you just you're constantly catching yourself with your legs you're you know especially if you're if you're walking at a good pace you know you'll see people they're leaning into it and uh, and that weight is what's helping them propel forward and then they swing a leg out which catches them stops them from falling and they use that leg to push them forward and then the other leg and so mm-hmm. on and so forth. And it's something that we once we start to learn how to walk it just becomes natural to us. We don't even think about it. Oh,
1: right, right. Well, we've got all kinds of uh, really, really intricate inner ear sensory mechanisms to tell us when we're balanced and when we're off balanced and how everything is going. It's a really, it's such an automatic process that when you're not two you're not thinking about it.
0: Yeah. And what's also funny is that 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 same system of sensors that we have in our brain. Well, two things are funny. One thing is that a lot of that informed Dean Kamen when he was designing the Segway. He right. wanted to have a mechanical means to sort of recreate that. And the other thing is that these sensors are not uh, fail. They're, they're not foolproof. Sure. We we can fool ourselves. Uh, this is partially what leads us to things like motion sickness, mm-hmm. where we get one set of input from a set of senses telling us one thing and a different set of input from other senses telling us another thing. And that that conflict makes our brain say, okay, if that's how you're going to play it, we're losing lunch. That's it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Someone who has suffered from, uh, from car sickness, motion sickness that way, uh, strangely enough, never got seasick, but I've been motion sick from a car before. Uh. But anyway... So the the they are fallible. These systems in our, our brains and in the Segway, as it turns out. So Dean Kamen wanted to create the Segway in such a way that it would uh, require you to lean forward as if you were going to take a step, and that would be the indicator to move.
1: Right, and then and then sort of trust the machine. I, I imagine that that's where you that's have your jump. initial problem yes. because you're, you're you're leaning forward and you're not catching yourself. Yeah, and
0: and you know you've already been told you've already been told do not. Take your foot off the platform to step and catch yourself, because then you run yourself over. <laughs> so not only right. do you not you catch wearing, yourself, you are
1: wearing a helmet at the time. Hypothetically, but, yes, uh, I
0: was wearing a helmet at the time. Mm-hmm. That was that was uh, that was a requirement. Right. Uh, I want to say that I was at Disney when I did this. It was at some park, and I think it was Disney. And it was uh, it was not the full Epcot tour, which we can talk about. I've got a little factoid on that, uh, there is a, a, a tour, that very popular tour at Epcot that uh, uses segways. It wasn't that. It was just a little, like, familiarize yourself with this technology thing. And I was mm-hmm. like, I've always wanted to do this, and that's when I tried it. So I've only done it the one time, and I really would love to, to have more time with it because it was an interesting experience. But yes, it requires you to m- move forward as if you were going to take a step, but not take your weight completely off your foot. Just lean forward as if you were about to start walking, and that makes the Segway go. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Now, the way it does that is it has a complex system of gyroscopes inside to kind of uh, let it know what orientation the Segway is in relative to the ground.
1: Right. It has five gyroscopes, in fact. Uh, Technically, it's really only using three of them. Two of them are fail-safes. Yeah.
0: yeah three of them are meant to detect things like forward uh, leaning forward, leaning backward, and tilt to the left or right, right.
1: okay. but so so a gyroscope, let's talk about what a gyroscope is because this right. is a little bit integral, yeah, um so it's it's basically just a spinning wheel inside a frame,
0: yeah, the frame itself is stable and free uh, the the spinning wheel uh, has um well, it's rotating around an axis, sure. right so you've got the axis at the center of the wheel. The wheel rotates. And then it res- it resists changes, forces uh, that would change the alignment
1: of that gyroscope. So, oh, be- because if you push on the on the spinning wheel, the it's just going to transfer into. It's it's called precessing. Okay, this is
0: a really is this is an interesting thing. It, it's actually. It's one of those things that's kind of difficult to explain in an audio podcast. Uh, first of all, let me tell you that at HowStuffWorks.com, we have an article on how gyroscopes work, which includes video showing what I'm about to talk about. So if you have trouble visualizing what I'm about to explain... Despite
1: the fact that we're both gesticulating wildly. Yeah, I
0: really. I mean, there's only so much I can get across in radio, right? Uh, but you can go there and, and look it up. But what a gyroscope does is this, this whole thing of precessing is imagine that you have a bicycle wheel suspended from a string. So the string's tied to the ceiling somewhere. The bicycle wheel's hanging down. The the, uh, string is tied to the axis of the wheel, so it could still spin freely, okay? Got it. Now, if you were to align that wheel so it's vertical... Uh, relative to the ground. So the wheel is as if it was on a bicycle that you were riding down the street. Sure. Okay? Uh The string is tied to one side of that axis. So there's a, a string that's coming down on one side of the axis. The other side of the axis doesn't have a string tied to it. So there's nothing to keep it vertical. Okay. If you were to just let go, that wheel would flop down into the horizontal uh, uh, formation. It would just be parallel to the ground. Correct. More or less. If you were to turn it vertical and then start spinning the wheel, it would remain vertical. Really, And it would slowly begin to rotate around the string. So that's the precession, is that it's rotating around a different axis perpendicular to the one of its main motion. Now, why is it staying vertical as opposed to flopping over? The reason for that is that if you were to uh, apply a force to, say, uh, let's say you've got the bicycle wheel spinning in your arms okay you're you're holding the you're holding the axis uh, in front of you and the wheel is vertical and you've got it spinning you can do this like, I've seen science museums that have had this where you sit in a a, a swivel chair and you hold the um, the bicycle wheel in front of you like you extend your arms out so that the wheel can spin freely in front of you. Uh, If you try and tilt that wheel, you'll feel resistance. And the reason for that is that imagine that, uh, you know, take a a still image, like you're able to freeze time. Okay. Okay?
1: Oh, I can, so, yeah.
0: All right, well, that's good. And you're going to tilt the wheel so that the top of the wheel, from your perspective, would be moving to the left, and the bottom of the wheel would be moving to the right. You're tilting it on a diagonal, Okay. Now, as that wheel is spinning, the point where you would be turning it to the left, that, that's, you're applying a force to that section. So imagine, imagine a, a spot at the very top of the wheel, at the vertical apex of that wheel. Uh-huh. Okay, That's where you're applying the force to move to the left. Now, the wheel's actually spinning, so if we were to jump ahead 20 frames, now the point is directly in front of the wheel. It's no longer at the top. It is rotated around to be in the front. And uh, uh, it still wants to go toward the left. Go ahead another 20 frames. Now the point is at the bottom of the wheel. It still wants to go to the left, but the force you're applying is trying to make the bottom of the wheel go to the right. So the force you're applying is trying to push the wheel's direction in one way, but because that reference point was at the top at the beginning and it's still trying to go to the left from when you were applying the force at the very beginning, those two forces cancel each other out. It resists the, the force to make it move in a different direction. And uh, then you also have the precession. So if you're sitting in a swivel chair, you start to spin around. It's kind of fun. Uh, this is a great, cheap way to entertain small children. Um, anyway... It's an interesting, just an interesting uh, fact of physics, is that you know, a gyroscope in this this uh, stable frame will react in this way.
1: But so okay, so so the the point of gyroscopes being in devices like this is that if you measure the position of the spinning wheel inside of its frame, you can determine um, the, the the pitch and the pitch rate.
0: Yeah, exactly. You're you're looking at like the the frame itself can move freely within the. Uh, confines of whatever it is you're talking, whatever about. whatever device you're talking right? about, right? Whether it's it could be a Segway, it could be an airplane, it could be a phone, um, and so it it can move freely within that context. And it may be a solid state drive, as is the case with uh, the Segway. It right. may not be an actual physical gyroscope. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And we'll we'll get into that in just a second. Right.
0: And uh, but if you're able to do that in such a way, then the gyroscope and the uh, the pitch detection will allow the uh, will give enough information so that some sort of processor can take that information in and know what orientation the segway is in relative to the ground. Right. So by detecting these changes and by detecting the forces that are enacting upon these different gyroscopes, the segway can interpret that and say, "Oh, I should engage the motor to drive forward or I should stop or I should move, m- backwards. move backward." Exactly. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. I should I should probably put up a warning because this guy's really leaning over a bit too far.
1: Right, right. Um, but so so yeah. So the kind of gyroscopes that are that are in a Segway are these solid-state angular rate sensors. Yes. That um that are basically the, the way that I understand it, it's a little silicon plate. Yes. And I think I actually said that the correct way the first time.
0: Yes, you did. Win. Silicon, not silicone. You're exactly right. <laughs> two
1: two separate issues. Um, and so it's a it's a silicon. Silicon plate mounted on a support frame, yes. and uh, uh, you run you run an electrostatic current across the plate. Uh-huh. It wiggles the silicon particles around yes. and makes the plate as a whole vibrate in a very predictable way. Right. Um, and when there's a a physical change in the forces, uh,
0: meaning when you've tilted in some way. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. When when you physically move the plate on its axis... uh huh, ax- axis. Yes. <laughs> talking is great, uh, the particles suddenly shift and the vibration changes.
0: Right. And by changing of vibration, you know that there's a change in the state that you are in, whether that's a tilt or you know whatever other thing you might have this gyroscope in. But in the case of the Segway, we're talking about specifically the tilt of the Segway itself.
1: Right. So okay. if you hook a computer up to this, it can measure... The precise change. Right, and
0: and, and interpret it. Exactly. So if it says, like, oh, it's changed a little bit, like the vibration has changed a little bit, indicating that the person is starting to lean forward, time to engage the motors. If it's changed a lot, it might mean that the person has leaned forward pretty hard, which indicates that you should move at a faster pace. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you've got these motors that will engage in order to uh, activate the wheels, and the wheels begin to turn, and that's where you get the motion. So uh, the the thing that's keeping this all going is... uh, uh, you know, you've got the gyroscopic sensors. That's giving the information, but then you have two circuit boards that have controllers on them. Uh, has ten microprocessors total in the original Segway, and those microprocessors are what's taking in all this information and uh, and and translating it into action.
1: Yeah, yeah. That that first one, um, the the microprocessors would check the position sensors about a hundred times per second. That's right.
0: Yeah, so that way it can make sure that it's giving the right information to the motors, so that you're you're moving at the right speed compared to how you are uh, how you are physically manipulating the Segway.
1: Right, right. It's it's also got in there um, a couple of tilt sensors filled with electrolyte fluid. Electrolytes being, of course, what plants crave.
0: Thank you, um, Brando, <laughs> <sorry>.
1: <laughs> which which is again just like your inner ear.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. It's uh, your inner ear has fluid in it, and that's what helps you. Determine what your orientation is relative to your environment. This is why one of the reasons why when people go up in the uh, the the vomit comet, mm-hmm. that's why it's called that because. When you're in the vomit comet, you're, you're, the sensory information you're getting from your eyes and from your, your, you know, what you're feeling, is so different from what your inner ear is trying to make sense of when this fluid is suddenly oh, in a free sure. fall. Right. Sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's basically you've just got this little sensor in your head where you've got a level of fluid, and that is how you calibrate yourself to the ground by based on on where the fluid is tilting.
0: Right. And and in a free fall motion, that that information ends up being a little weird, and so a lot of people. End up, again, losing their lunch, Mm -hmm. which is why they often refer to the planes that take these, these flights as the Vomit Comet. Yeah, but it is interesting that the Segway itself has this electrolyte. Now, you don't have to worry about your Segway losing its lunch. Don't worry about that part that part similarity has now ended but other than that it is using a very similar approach to detect tilt as the way humans do which again kind of cool that Dean Kamen is taking taking you know direction from the way our bodies do stuff to help inform him on the way he makes technology. I
1: I blame it on his extensive medical background.
0: Yeah. And again, the Luke Arm, another example of that, Mm -hmm, right? He's taking that, that how do humans do things and how can we make technology that emulates this? Yeah.
1: He was also, uh, when he was in college, he was the first, uh, he invented the first drug injection pump and later the first portable insulin pump.
0: Which is part of how he made such huge amounts of money. And and the, the cool thing to me is that It's obvious that what drives him is a desire to innovate.
1: And to help people. Yeah. And he talks very passionately. There's some really, really good interviews with him. Uh, We'll link him on social. Where he's talking about watching people use his inventions for the first time, and and them kind, you know, pe- people who haven't been able to move this way, yeah. ever, yeah, and in some cases, and, and them, and just the amount of pride and and just awesome that happens. Yeah, when the that fact goes. that
0: that is what what really uh, uh, gives him an incentive to continue. Yeah, it's pretty interesting stuff. It's it's a really cool story, and in fact, there's a whole section of the Segway story that we need to get into, which involves the whole uh, hype issue. And a little bit more about the the original Segway models that came out uh, and uh, and some controversy that Segway has had over the years. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But first, before we do that, let's take a quick moment to thank our sponsor. Let's segue back into our episode, oh, shall we? Oh, no. I, I couldn't resist. And so uh let, just a few more facts about the original Segway. Uh, keep in mind that they've made several different models over the course of the Segway's life mm-hmm. uh, but the earlier ones uh they had a top speed of about twelve and a half miles per hour, which is around twenty kilometers per hour
1: oh right uh, I think in I think in some other countries it was maybe thirteen and a half but but yes
0: uh yeah, yeah, it all depended on uh, well, it also depended on what which model you had uh-huh. because they did they did do a range of them, sure, uh, sure. Uh, We have an article on our site, How the Segway Works, and that one we specifically looked at the Segway HT, which was one of the earlier models. Mm -hmm. Uh, It required about six hours of charging. It had a range of around 17 miles, which was about 28 kilometers. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, the current Segways are called PT, which stands for Personal Transporter, uh, and they have a whole line of them that do different things.
1: Yeah, for... for, uh, for
0: like city travel versus off road versus
1: security purposes. They've got one specifically for golf courses.
0: Yep, they've got some where they have like uh, all these containers on them so that you can carry stuff. Mm-hmm. So if you have to transport things, granted, none of them are going to uh, replace the minivan. So soccer moms are not going to be able to. I mean, I guess you could maybe tie a couple of a uh, of a uh, 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 red wagons behind and just like like a mama duck.
1: I was really waiting for you to say like small children to the handlebars, and then, I was like, I don't think the I would. I wouldn't advocate that. I wouldn't advocate that. I wouldn't advocate the, the the wagons actually either.
0: That would be a disaster. But anyway, um, the. The motors of those early Segways had a, about two horsepower worth of power and had a two-stage transmission with a 24 to 1 gear ratio with a helical gear assembly. And it was actually a harmonic assembly.
1: Yeah, they, uh, they engineered it so that the sounds, the, the, the two meshes in the gearbox, would were exactly two octaves apart. Right. So they would harmonize. Yeah, it was
0: kind of interesting. Some might say crazy. Um, it weighed the original, the the HT, the one that we talked about in our article, weighed about uh, 83 pounds, which is about 38 kilograms. And it could carry a person of up to 260 pounds, which is about 118 kilograms. Or, for my friends in England, 18 and a half stone. Uh, it had uh, two lithium-ion batteries to supply power. Uh, rechargeable. Obviously, you wouldn't want to have to... Plop out a different battery every fifteen to seventeen miles or so.
1: Bad times.
0: Um, and it used an electronic key system with hundred twenty-eight bit encrypted digital code. So you had this key that would plug into.
1: It's sort of like a little like like flash drive yeah. shaped thing. Yeah. Except it, you wouldn't have called it that then because.
0: Right. You would have called it, well, you could have called it that then. They'd had the flash at that point, but it it really wasn't. But it was a digital key that has 128-bit encrypted code on it so that the Segway will only work with that code and, uh, you don't have to worry about someone, not necessarily not have to worry about it, but if someone did run off with your Segway, they couldn't use it.
1: Right. They Um, they would have to literally lift it up and move it away, which kind of defeats the point of purpose.
0: Right. Right. So that's, that's the, that's the basic Mm -hmm. model that we talked about in our, in our, uh, uh, not our podcast, our article. But there are quite a few other ones that are out now. Like I said, there's the the I2, which is your basic normal terrain uh, Segway, mm-hmm. and the then there's the X2, which <laughs> is the the off-road the yes. X2 the adventure, off-road Girl. X2 adventure, off-road travel. Yeah, and they've even got some that were, they, you know, they worked with DARPA to to design um, a kind of Segway that was used as a, a platform for robotics. Right. Um, they've worked. Uh, they've created different models like three-wheeled and four-wheeled uh, vehicles based on the Segway technology um, uh, for yeah, various same. things. Uh, here in Atlanta, we have, uh, Atlanta ambassadors. These are people who are in downtown Atlanta who often help out during uh, big events. Like when, when something's going on downtown and, and, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of people there. Uh, these folks are there to kind of help give directions and, mm-hmm. and, you know, someone's like, Hey, I'm looking for the Georgia aquarium. Where do I go from here? I was, Oh, you need to walk down this two blocks and take a left, that kind of thing. A lot of them have segways, so I see them whenever I'm downtown for you know Dragon Con or mm-hmm. St. Patrick's Day parade, which uh, at the time of this recording will be in just a couple of days. Um, so, but they they have them. I've seen them in airports. A lot of airports have ha- I've seen uh, especially airport security on sure. these. I've seen police on these. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah,
1: they were big at the uh, Beijing Olympics. Yep, in 2008.
0: In fact, I want to say that um, that. The most I well I think the most I ever saw at one point was actually at Epcot because like I said, uh, Epcot Center, uh, not Epcot Center. They mm-hmm. they used to be called Epcot Center. <laughs> I, I was there when it opened because as Lauren has pointed out numerous times, I'm old, but I remember uh, going to Epcot and seeing people on these, and that was probably the first time I saw them in person. But go back to when it was. Uh, Unveiled, or even before it was unveiled, came and actually came up with the idea in the late 90s, like 99. Mm-hmm. And he had this idea of creating devices that could operate on pedestrian sidewalks and paths. And in 2001, the company that would become Segway broke ground on its manufacturing plant in New Hampshire, mm-hmm. which is where uh, Dean Kamen's from.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, they, they broke ground in February and I think uh, completed it in November.
0: Yep, yep, right in November, December. And they adopted the name Segway in December 2001. And that's actually when they unveiled the Segway, the first mm-hmm. models of it, uh, on Good Morning America, a television program that's kind of a, a news-oriented television program here in, uh, in the United States. And uh, I actually saw this. I saw the unveiling episode. Uh, yeah, I, you,
1: uh, you you stayed home, stayed home from work. You uh, I didn't stay home from no. work.
0: I delayed leaving. <laughs> uh, not that I'm right. gonna get, Am I going to get in trouble? I mean, I haven't worked for this company in years. Two thousand one, I was not working for How Stuff Works. I was I was not here. I was working for a totally different company. I did drag my feet leaving the house that morning because I knew that this was happening. Everywhere in the news, it had been that there was going to be this incredible, incredible device, and it had two code names that I recall mm-hmm. off the top of my head. One was "It,"
1: right? The all the all caps. "It" what, like what like the scary it? clown. Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Uh, and then the other one was nice, Pennywise. Uh, the other one was Tim Curry was in the uh-huh. n- television adaptation. Creepy of that. guy, um, Stephen King. Uh, the the second one uh, was Ginger.
1: Ginger, yeah, uh, and that was it was it had been codenamed Ginger based on the fact that the uh, wheelchair that uh, DECA had designed earlier was called. Fred upstairs within the lab, uh, based on Fred a stair. Right. Because they were they were saying that it just dances right up the stairs. Right. Magically. it was a
0: wheelchair that could climb stairs. Uh-huh. So Fred and then Ginger.
1: And so and so Ginger. And of so course was-
0: Ginger could do everything Fred could do, backwards. In heels. In heels. Uh, so not that the segue necessarily did, but I, it's just one of my favorite little quotes.
1: Um, um, but, but, but so uh, a journalist had started writing this book called Codename Ginger. Uh-huh. And it was leaked at the beginning of 2001, uh, I think by Inside.com. Okay. And this is, I think, what really created all of this insane hype. Right. Because it was the the book took such pains to not talk specifically about what this machine did but it was going to change the world. And and you got these quotes from people like like Steve Jobs yeah. that were like this is this is going to be bigger than the PC.
0: Again, without it actually revealing what it was, is that the people who had found out about it said it was going to be this phenomenal technology that was going to fundamentally change the way we live. Mm-hmm. And and it was built up so much. I mean, hype is, is seems like a like a good thing, hypothetically. Well, well I was going to say that hype is probably not even strong enough a word, considering that you know the deliverables that were being promised on based on this technology that no one outside of a very small group of people uh-huh. had any knowledge about.
1: People were saying that that cities were going to be redesigned around this thing, right. and and that it was going to be bigger than the internet.
0: Yeah, and then Good Morning America had its unveiling, and before the the show, I remember like days before the show aired. Uh, there were already rumors that it was going to be some sort of motorized scooter device, and this was based off patents that had been filed, as sure. well as Dean Kamen's previous work with the wheelchairs and things of that mm-hmm. nature. And so, uh, when it actually happened, like I was hoping at the time that it wasn't going to end up being a scooter because I was thinking, like, if it's something totally different, that's going to be awesome. If it's a scooter, it still could be awesome, but it's going to be but. something. It's not going to be as cool as if it were something totally out of left field. And then I saw it and I thought, well, that's interesting, but. Is it really going to change the world? And I understood what, what what they were going for. They were saying that, you know, especially in cities, particularly in cities, which is where the majority of people tend to live. Not, sure. that, not that there aren't plenty of people out in rural areas. Population density, yeah. Yeah, you've got very dense populations in cities. That traffic is a real problem. You've got people who are getting in their cars to go relatively short distances to do uh... basic stuff like here in atlanta
1: uh, there's I think we mentioned the traffic on the show about once every other episode well yeah and
0: not just traffic though I was gonna say that we don't have like our, our public transportation system is not doesn't measure up to public transportation systems in, in some other cities like uh-huh. DC or New York or Chicago
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, now we do have one and it and you can use it mm-hmm. but it's just not ideal it's not doesn't run as frequently as some other cities and it doesn't it doesn't go to as many places exactly mm-hmm. so that means that if you want to get around it, Atlanta and you want to do it effectively, you pretty much have to have a car. And the idea was that for cities like Atlanta and other cities that have similar issues, the Segway could end up lo- allowing you to go further than you would if you were on foot mm-hmm. uh, and not clog up all the streets. So it would alleviate traffic problems. Mm-hmm. It would start because it's an electric vehicle. It does not actually generate any, uh, any, uh, uh greenhouse gases mm-hmm. or toxins. Although you could argue that depending on how the electricity was generated, that's still a problem. It's just not being created it, by the right, vehicle right. itself. It's not direct. It's just a couple steps. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that would also be a thing and that it would, uh, you know, it could, it could really be a big benefit, but. For that to work, you have to have an infrastructure that supports that kind of transportation.
1: Mm-hmm. At the very least, uh, bike lanes. Uh, or, or really wide sidewalks. Really wide sidewalks. One of the big things that uh, that DECA and Segway were trying to do was create legislature that would allow the Segway to, to go on sidewalks. And right. They had huge pushback from a lot of communities. I think that it's that they're banned entirely on sidewalks in the U.K., maybe? In um, some
0: places they are. I know uh, in some cities they definitely are. It varies was,
1: state by state and municipality by municipality. It, it
0: probably doesn't surprise you to know that the first state to uh, legalize the Segway on pedestrian sidewalks was, in fact, New Hampshire, right. where the Segway was located. It was That, that was passed into law on February 15, 2002. Uh, and uh, and it wasn't until November 18, 2002, that Segways went on sale to the public for the first time on Amazon.com. Right. Hey guys, I want to take a break here. I want to transition from this episode into an ad break. So we're gonna call that a segue. Segue. Two thousand five was when Disney World was introducing the Around the World at Epcot Segway tour. So. For those who have not been to Epcot, it's divided into two big sections. You have the the future world section where it's all about energy and transportation and uh, the, the things that are going to be important to us in the years to come and kind of the innovations that we can expect or maybe even stuff that, you know, is really far out there. Maybe it'll never happen. Yeah, kind of yeah, thing. yeah. The other one is the World Showcase, which has – it's almost like a, a permanent World's Fair. Yeah. It has, a, a, it has different pavilions that represent various countries in the world. And they are uh, the Around the World Segway tour was a Segway tour that would take you around the World Showcase. And it was like a two-hour long tour, and it would allow you to start to uh, explore the World Showcase a couple of hours before it was open to the general public. Because the way that Epcot works, or at least it used to – I assume it still does – uh, is when the doors would open, meaning that when they would they let you into the park, you could only go into the future world part for the first couple of hours. The okay. World Showcase would be held off. And, like, like if the park opens at 8 a.m., then the World Showcase sure. would open at 10. So this tour would allow you to go through the World Showcase at 8 a.m. So you don't have to worry about running down Jimmy, who isn't paying attention because he wants a Mickey Mouse doll.
1: Right, yeah. Uh, Disney has actually banned the use of segues other than in their tours.
0: Yeah. Oh, that uh, well, doesn't surprise me.
1: Yeah, well, one of the problems that it's had with all of this is that um segways are not technically graded for medical use. Mm-hmm. Um they are although they can help people with disabilities move from one place to another because uh because Decca worked with Johnson and Johnson on some of their um some of the gyroscopic platform technology. Uh-huh. Johnson and Johnson actually owns that copyright, and for for medical use. And Interesting. So, yeah,
0: I did not know that. That didn't come up in my research. I know that on September fourteenth, two thousand six. They actually issued a recall for 23,000 Segways. And that because, is all of them at yeah, that, that was, time. Yeah, that was all of them at that at that time, because uh, there was a software glitch. And that software glitch would cause the wheels to occasionally and spontaneously reverse direction, which obviously that would be a bad thing. I mean, imagine... If you're, if
1: you're riding on it and you're not strapped into this thing, which you're not. Then, yeah. Well, it's
0: like, like the the way I explain it to people is that imagine you're walking down uh, down the street and then suddenly the ground underneath you shifts direction the opposite direction way, you know, you would end up on your back pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And uh, in fact, there were people who fell off the Segway, which, you know, when, when it was first introduced, that was one of the big things, as they were saying that, you know, because of all the gyroscopes, it'd be really, not that it'd be impossible, but the it'd be difficult. hard to you fall off. You would have off. to be trying. But then what this software glitch, you know, made it... Very easy to fall off a Segway if it happened, and in fact, people were, ended up getting some injuries, like some broken wrists and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah.
1: There, there was a smaller recall back in uh, 2003 because when the charge got too low, the, the Segway would just stop very abruptly, and so oh, they had yeah. to. They so had
0: then to, you start tumbling off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, I know that in, in 2009. Uh, Dean came and ended up selling the company, and he sold it to uh, Jim Heseldon, whose last name I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing correctly.
1: But I'm not sure. He was He's known as Jimmy.
0: Jimmy. Uh, mm-hmm. In the UK. Uh, he was a guy who was a, a businessman and a philanthropist, mm-hmm. uh, really, really known for his philanthropic endeavors. And tragically, in September of 2010, he... Uh, uh, died in an accident. Uh, he actually... Involving a
1: Segway. Yeah. yeah, he was
0: on a Segway, and he ended up falling off the edge of a cliff in a wooded area. He was in one of the off-road Segways. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Sup- supposedly, he uh, encountered a walker on a path and uh, and reversed to get out of the walker's way and tumbled over.
0: Oh, I did not... I didn't see that that's, part. I,
1: that, that's, that's kind of unconfirmed. I think that I read that on, like, on like Daily Mail or something gotcha. like that, so I'm gotcha. not... Gotcha.
0: <laughs> yeah, so anyway, it was a tragic accident. Mm-hmm. It was a terrible thing, and, and uh, and I you know I cannot say for certain, but I have a feeling that that was part of what prompted Segway to uh, insert. So if you go to visit the Segway website, a little Segway safety pop-up mm-hmm. will appear and tell you that you know you need to review the safety procedures of uh, and know how to ride a Segway in order for you to uh, operate one safely. Mm-hmm. And so there's a there's an actual pop-up that will obscure your view of the Segway website until you. You know dismiss it and um they even have a full video that explains you know how the segway works and the best way to operate it safely so that you don't end up injuring yourself um and on february 28th 2013 segway was acquired by summit strategic investments llc Mm -hmm. which is the current company that owns the brand and uh yeah, that's that's kind of where we are right now.
1: Well, just a, just a few I, actually. On this March sixth, uh, they announced the development of a three wheel security device that's um, right. planned to be coming out in uh, Q four uh, this this year, uh, twenty thirteen. Yep. Um, and and yeah, I mean you know so it's a reading all about this kind of broke my heart because because Cayman was so passionate about how this this terrific device could really change the world and change people's lives and mm-hmm. change. Our cityscapes for the better, and it fizzled so much. Uh, you know, it's we, we talked about how the company debuted in 2002. They started selling the things in 2006. They had only sold 23,000 units. They were hoping to have been selling 40,000 per year. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, a lot of things happened. It was uh, it, it's been a tough time the past decade or so for consumer.
0: Right. Yeah. You've had economic downturns. Mm-hmm. You've had resistance on the part of many municipalities to allow the Segway to travel along things like sidewalks. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also other just practical considerations. I mean, obviously, a Segway is great if you happen to live in a place where the climate is nice and mild. Sure. But if you are in a place that gets a lot of rain, mm-hmm. a Segway's not, you know, you're not going to be covered in the rain. You're mm-hmm. going to actually be out there. Mm-hmm. And depending upon how the Segway made, it may not operate so well in the rain <laughs> after a while.
1: Or, you know, like I've um, hung out in New Hampshire there are many months in New Hampshire that I would not want to be, to be riding a right. Segway down a sidewalk. Yeah,
0: yeah. So there's there's lots of reasons why the Segway adoption may have been slower. And I think the main one is just that, you know, we were so far along in the infrastructure that we rely on already. Right. Like we're, we're so dependent upon a certain way for our cities to, to work, for us to get around in comfortably, that to expect a change in that is a little on the optimistic side. It would mm-hmm. require a huge amount of effort, time, and money. And and when I say a huge amount of time, I'm talking decades to really oh, yeah. refit a city in such a way so it would be ideal for using uh, something like a Segway. Particularly if you're in a city that has a uh, actually, a fairly healthy pedestrian population. Healthy as in there are a lot of people out there walking. Right, right. Not necessarily that they're all in great health. <laughs> uh, Atlanta, not so great for pedestrians, I would say. I mean, pedestrians... Oh, just-
1: no. We have very few sidewalks uh, outside of our main metropolitan areas. And, you know, that's the other thing with these segways is that I think that the concept was always for them to be secondary to a car, to, like, yeah. have a car and then have the segway in it and, you know, park the car somewhere and then take the Segway out and go about your business.
0: Right. Or, or if you happen to live like, you know, two miles away from a market, then you could just take you can the Segway there. That. Sure.
1: But you know, but it, when these units cost over five grand a pop.
0: Yeah. And they weigh almost a hundred pounds. Uh-huh. Then you, know, you know, that's not easy to carry them around.
1: Yeah. That's, um, that's, that's one of me. So that's, you know, <laughs>
0: yeah, that's right. Like, okay. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just depressed now because I'm thinking about how much weight I need to lose before I come close to being a Segway. Um, but anyway, yeah, there there are a lot of there are a lot of reasons I think that that explain why the Segway did not become the thing of the future. It was certainly an incredible innovation. It was a really interesting uh engineering feat. I've seen similar um products come out that are based on the same general principles as the Segway. Some of them are things like motorized uh roller skates or a mm-hmm. motorized skateboard kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um
1: uh... Honda came out with a unicycle looking sort of thing that, yep. that, that works on a similar basis and yep. I think that Toyota, or, I mean they didn't come out with it, it's in prototype.
0: Yeah, I've um, seen them at CES, I've seen a motorized, essentially it's a motorized unicycle that you stand on And again, just like with the Segway, you would lean forward to indicate that you want to move forward. And uh, I remember hearing that it takes about 30 to 45 minutes to kind of acclimate yourself to it, to where you can comfortably uh, maneuver through an environment, say, uh, I don't know, a giant conference room that's filled with hundreds of thousands of people, like CES. Just for example. If I had been on there, I would have probably mangled at least 40 or 50 people before I actually... No, let's be fair. I probably would have run over myself and that would right, have been the right, end of it. Right, right.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you know, hypothetically, these things only go 12.5 miles an hour. Um that that is on purpose. They have a speed limiter in them. That's yeah. that's the issue that caused the recall back right. in 2006. The speed limiter was uh was malfunctioning. Yeah, um,
0: yeah so I mean, it's but, it, you know, it, there there were definitely ideas to uh to really uh, to really uh, to to make it as useful as possible and limit the, the possible malfunctions or injuries that could happen uh, when people start using a technology that as a brand new mode of transportation. I mean, obviously, you have to take those things into account. I hope you guys enjoyed this classic episode of Tech Stuff. I can always tell that they're a big hit by the amount of eye rolling that Tari gives me as she listens to my puns. If you guys have any suggestions for future topics for Tech Stuff, let me know. Let me know on Twitter or Facebook. The handle for us at both of those locations is TechStuffHSW. And I'll talk to you again really soon. TechStuff is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.